0: Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. Hit it. He's guilty, Judge. He's guilty. You could see it.
1: The weekly pseudo academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with all three of my co hosts. We have Katya and Wayne and Hannah. How's it going, guys? Okay. <laughs>
2: it's good. You know? Yeah. I was saying, it is funny. We, I think we've done more episodes with
3: all four of us here since quarantine started. Then the rest of the year,
0: like, last yeah. year yeah. is, well, it, is yeah.
3: it not because we're all desperate to talk to anybody, like, Any- <laughs> anybody? Well, and we have like no
2: real schedule, so yeah. right. You know, There's nothing interfering with our working. ability to be here, right? Yeah, like even those of us are working. It's just like I have to get work done at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah and that's that's been my life. You know, these last mm, however many days. See, like I lose track of the days uh, for a while on the show. I was saying, you know, we are at day 40, whatever, according and I've lost track of that, plus, like, this is an episode that I'm not sure when it drops, and it's just like, I, I don't, you know, time has no meaning. Time barely had meaning for me before, because you know, I've been, I've been on this fellowship working from prostrate.
0: home. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I've been working from home for a year uh, on, on on a dissertation fellowship, and then, like, I was able to know basically what day it was by when my wife left for work, and now she's right. here all the time. She doesn't leave anymore. I'm like, oh, is it a weekend? I don't know. I, you,
2: yeah, I, I wanna, you know, you know, I know, you know, North Carolina, like the official executive order for like the shelter in place, basically thing, started exactly a month ago
3: today. Wow. As we record, uh, you want to know something really horrible? Uh, sure. I okay. So <laughs> Why as, not? Everyone <laughs> <like> breaks. <laughs> <as, as> all <laughs> of you. <laughs> That's happening. As as all of you know, and anyone who's listened to the show on a regular basis, Poppy and I have defended our dissertations. Um, so but like Yay. January and like February was crunch time, and that is like when I got really really sick with the flu last year. So I was like, you know what, not not even thinking about COVID nineteen, I was like, I'm gonna just stay in my house with all my books. I'm gonna hunker down. I'm gonna finish this march after i defend we're all going to be able to be together we're going to hang out we're going to go to bars and we're going to play trivia and we're going to play the board games we keep talking about and it's going to be really fun and it's just going to be a non-stop catch-up and so basically what i'm saying is is that i self-isolated for two months about something totally different did all my work and now i'm just here
1: so we should <laughs> all go move like- in with you because it's like the most germ-free environment now we know
2: totally. um, <laughs> i mean i think the thing is like I think a lot of PhD students and like even like potentially like graduating like master's students and, and like undergrad seniors. It's like we were I think we were all kind of in that boat of like we have to get a like a hell of a lot of work like all in February. Like I barely saw people. I think mm-hmm. I went to my D&D group and that was it. And like
1: necessities. Yeah.
2: So this feels like it's been much longer, I think, for those of us who are like kind of like isolated because of work, because it feels like I've been kind of doing a version of this since like mid-February. Yeah. Uh, it just got more escalated in that, like, now I can't, like, go work in coffee
1: shops. Yeah, yeah. This is a weird world. It's the world for the foreseeable future. So let's do a fun comedy show today. Yeah. <laughs> Get our minds off this. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody just randomly recently, and they were asking, well, if I want to start listening to your show, where do I start? Do I go back to the very beginning and listen to all of them? And I was like, I hey, mean... Yes. <laughs> you, you could yeah, I, everyone. I yeah, well, I mean, it's and they're like, well, why are they? It's like, well, it's not. Well, first off, I, I think we get better every time, but it's not just that. It's just the entire point of the show is you know, look at the titles, pick one that you're interested in. The order barely matters. I mean, there's like there, there's little we things like cite
2: like- earlier episodes occasionally, but you can always go back and listen to those yeah. like the specific ones we talk about because it's right. usually like topically. Like, if you are interested in video games, it makes sense to listen to most of the video game ones because yes. we reference. Or exactly. like if you like movies or comics,
1: like. Mm-hmm. And then there's like there's every once in a while like an in joke will develop, like you know, like the Riverdale thing and the Good Place thing, you know, things like that happen. And but does it? Yeah. I mean, you'll pick up on it. it. It's fine. And then there's like the you I know, believe
2: in you. You're smart, intelligent, thoughtful right. people.
1: And Hannah and wasn't with us. the show in the beginning, you know, so like she just kind of shows up. 20-something episodes in, and, and it's there forever, and that's, you know, it's all like, you'll figure it out. It doesn't actually matter um, what order it is, so it's like, just start start wherever you want. Look, look for interesting titles, and then they wrote me back, and they're like, I, you know, people have time to listen to podcasts, so, you know, tell all your friends to listen to our show and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. <laughs> you know, on iTunes. Um, <laughs> but, like, they wrote me back, and they're like, oh, okay, I listened to this episode called Good Things We Hate, um, and I was like, that's the one you picked? Or, and I was like, yeah, it had a great sounding title, went, and that was fascinating. And I was like, huh. And then like somebody else mentioned it like a week later, just like a good thing. You know, I got to this "good things we hate" episode, and it was just like, why does everybody yeah, like it's that?
2: Because we secretly like listening to people argue.
1: I guess that is one of the
2: more argumentative
1: shows. Yeah. Well, so back when we did that, I thought, you know, what would be interesting. What if we did the opposite? So that's what I think we're gonna do today. It's Except it's, it's a weird one. And when you were talking about this, when I talked to you a couple of days ago about it, it's a weird one. Cause I'm, I think we're calling this bad things we love um because it's not quite guilty pleasures it's not quite like i'm not sure what these are these are things i guess that we individually like that we either know are lowbrow or that everybody else hates them or that they're problematic my list is kind of a mishmash of of reasons why i think they're bad but i but i like them anyway
2: yeah and i remember saying i can't remember if it was me or someone else i think we just generally this is a i mean this is a common sentiment among people who study pop culture because like well, I think this is an interesting, like, but both of these are, like, interesting topics and interesting episodes. In some ways, like, I can test the very question because, like, the whole idea of like, differentiating between, like, high, low, high brow, low brow, and, like, basically you not being like, allowed or supposed to like good things. Like, the entire idea of, like, guilty pleasure in media to me, I think is just, like, kind of stupid, just because it's like, you like what you like, and as mm-hmm. long as it's not like, actively destroying humanity, like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not concerned. Yeah, Yeah. Like, like it. It's like, so in some way
4: injuring some person. Yeah. Materially. I, I, I agree with that. Bothered. Yeah, I've had that discussion with um, other with other music friends as well. That whole idea of, ooh, what what do you what's your guilty pleasure in music? Like I, I like stuff. I just listen to what I like and I don't really mm-hmm. feel guilty about any of it, whether it's you know considered good or not.
3: If you want a whole discussion on taste, because we're not gonna do that this episode, including like here's like ta- you talk about good and bad, <laughs> you can listen to episode fifty-seven. You can't like that. Uh, Which I think is the best title we've had. I I think it is, but I think also the idea of
2: of listening to an hour of Kant concerns some people, but you know what? (laughs) Anna breaks it down in a way that totally makes sense and is enjoyable and... Delightful. So you should
4: listen to it if you're interested in these things. And Um, I'm going to make a a book recommendation, something I read a long time ago that I reread a few years ago that I realized was a huge influence on my way of thinking about the world. Uh, One of those classic hippie books, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which it's, it's a meditation on the nature of quality. What is quality? Um, and, yeah, I, it, and it was kind of amazing to me when I reread that many, many years after the first reading, like on page 25, I'm like, Oh, Oh, this is just the way I think now. <laughs> this book was hugely influential <laughs> in a way I didn't really process.
2: Yeah. And I, I think it's just important to note that like a lot of what like these designations, whether it's like a genre thing or a quality thing, are often like, I, I mean, they are ideological, categories whether you intend them to be or not that's mm-hmm. kind of where their foundation is maybe we should i, I don't know we could talk to Mav about like raymond williams culture is ordinary i think that's yeah. like a good Ooh, that's intro a good but um but uh with with that caveat aside
4: <laughs> what's some dumb stuff
1: you
2: like
1: well, <laughs> i mean the best way because you know our, our listeners range from academic to just pop culture fans that was the entire point And the when I was thinking about this and making my list of of things, I was trying to think. You know, you know, do I want to? Is it a guilty pleasure thing? Like Wayne said, do I even believe in guilty pleasures? Is it stuff that it's academically hated but I love? And it's like no, that's boring because because most of what I you know most of what I happen to study has very little acceptance in the, in the sh- traditional um, you know world of academia you know comics are getting there but you know I, I've done a lot of pro wrestling scholarship which you know <laughs> yeah yeah the
4: big answer to the question what's bad stuff you like comics everything I do right <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah and so I was like uh, but then I thought you know what probably people would understand the concept that we're going for the most with, you know, we're in this pandemic where everybody in the world, for reasons that nobody can understand, watch Tiger King on Netflix.
0: I did not <laughs> and I
3: will not. Yeah, well,
1: oh, yeah, but I, tro-
2: zero, I don't really. I have zero interest. I really don't understand.
1: See, I, I was actually a fan of Joe Exotic four years ago. <laughs> so in, in that, like, I, you know, but that's the thing. Um, that's, that, it's a perfect example though, because I don't think anybody who watched it or enjoyed it like, I mean, it's, it's a train wreck, right? Like people watched it and they're like, Oh my God, everyone in this is horrible. This is an absolute, like, this is, this is bad for society that I'm watching this. Like, I know that. I know, I know that we're in end times because Tiger King is a thing. And yet a bajillion people watched it. So this is, so I think that's my example of, you know, and, and frankly, as far as craft of creating a documentary, it's actually very well produced. So it, but like everything about it is awful. You feel dirty when you watch it. And I, and I <laughs> <laughs> <like> when, <laughs> and that's a, and that's a, that's a perfectly reasonable way to feel because like, yeah. you're not wrong, <laughs> you know? So that. That's kind of, I guess, what we're talking about, though. Things that like you see some problem with, either you think it's bad and yet you love it, or or you um,
2: see. I don't want. I don't want that. I don't want that in my television viewing experience. I want adorable television, usually with cartoon animals that makes me feel like cozy yeah. and delightful. I want, yeah. I'm I want not ashamed.
1: A lot of people will probably agree with this one, and this is not one of mine, but I think one that's common: uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show obviously super popular, but, like, I don't... Th- I think most fans of Rocky Horror
4: realize it's a bad movie, right? Like, that's the entire point. Yeah, I, and that's one I completely disagree with. I've, I've read, like, two books of academic essays on Rocky Horror that's... That, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's brilliant in so many ways.
1: I, and, and I get that and I get that argument, but I think it would qualify for a show like this, because... Oh, no, yeah, I no, it it no I, acknowledged I, and, I,
4: and I
2: get that, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's... It doesn't fit the traditional mm-hmm. conception of what makes a good mm-hmm. film. Like, yeah, we have, what yeah. it's good at, it's good at do. It. like, what it's good at is it's good at doing things that, when we think of it, what typically makes a quality cinematic film, like, mm-hmm. it, the Venn yeah. diagram is very different, basically. I think especially because, like, Rocky Horror, like, I come from, like, I'm from Portland, where, like, a bunch of the, like, theaters mm-hmm. basically do, like, the live interactive, like, Rocky Horror picture show thing, which I'm sure a lot of cities have, actually. And I think, like, that's, it's, like, a cult
4: well, yeah, the the Pittsburgh version of it shows up in the the perks of being a wallflower movie.
2: Yeah, we're 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 old school like that in Portland. Um, but like, I think like I mean, even I think like I mean, Rocky Horror Picture Show is like I think like par excellence, like the, the cult, the weird cult movie. But even stuff like I don't know, like Big Trouble Little China and things like that, like are people love them partially because they're kind of weird and hokey?
4: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there's I have a bunch of friends, just that idea of movies. I have friends and and Mav, you probably know, um, uh, well, the the store that used to be out in in uh, Dormont, uh, Incredibly Strange Video. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a, you know, it was a store that sold and rented schlock movies. I mean, that was the premise of the store. Here's a bunch of really bad B horror slasher films from the 1960s. And he was in Mm -hmm. business for years. And I, I have a whole contingent of friends who are really into that stuff. And I don't think you can make any claim whatsoever that most of that stuff is good. But right. how, do the, the, right. how do they love it? I don't. But you know, he like he well, he, okay. he ran a business for ten years doing nothing but renting that stuff.
0: So mm-hmm. right.
4: back back in the before times when people used to write movies, yes.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, so that's what we're do- that's what we're talking about today, and you know, so we're I guess much like on the good things we hate episode, we're probably going to jump around a little bit. Well, so I don't know what do we want to start with. Do we want to start with? I, I'm going to throw, th- okay. throw one out. Didn't I'm going to throw one movie. out. This is for you, Hannah.
2: Maybe we should start there
1: because I have. When well, no, I, 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 I want to throw this out, well, well, Wayne has one. He Wayne has one. He's dying to do. So go yeah. Ahead. Yeah, okay, go for Riverdale. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Riverdale. God. I <laughs> knew this was going to come up. See, it's and, and so did I Now, Riverdale's not on my list because I actually don't think it's bad. I mean, it's Not on the level of some of the other stuff I'm yeah, going to mention. Yeah, is the and and, and my, my point
4: with it is it, it is ridiculous. I don't think it's bad. Yes. It's ridiculous and absurd. And that's part of what I love about it. Yes. But yeah. boy, do I get why a lot of people would watch it and go, what the hell is this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think
3: think that season one is actually pretty, like, tight. um, Mm -hmm. And some of it actually could be, you could make an argument where it's like, oh, this is an elevation of, like, the teen drama Archie Comics, which people have made that argument. But, like, this show just went off the rails. And it's bananas.
4: Yeah. And and that's part of what I love about it is... But, but I will, yeah, you I, will, know, like,
3: I will give it this. It's not like it went off the rails like Arrow did. That so it's like unwatchable. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we we can go back and you know listen to episode six of this show, which is where we talked all about it. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's a good example, I guess. It's because I I mean, given the the very loose definition that we gave at the very beginning. I totally get why people don't like Riverdale as much as we tease Hannah for having no taste because she doesn't understand that it's the best show ever. Um, but I, I, <laughs> but I, but I get why she not. doesn't. <laughs> I get why she doesn't get that. I get why you know. I mean, and, and to be fair, Katya doesn't watch it because you don't like bad television. Wait, this is a quarantine copy. <laughs>
2: Does Katya like television? Yeah. This is. I was telling Hannah
3: this the other day. What quarantine has taught
2: me is that I just don't like television. I have not, in a month of quarantine, watched a single episode of television. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know what that says about me, but, like, <laughs> it's actually because, it's like, I've been playing video games, and also, like, I'm somebody that, like, my response to all of this stuff is, like, I need to stay busy. So, I'm usually listening to, like, podcasts and things in the background. Man. So, it's not like I'm, like, on some kind of, like, media hiatus. It's just, I don't watch TV.
3: Also, I, I I got I got a, I got a TV show that is like adjacently related to Riverdale in the most adjacent way possible. Okay. Uh okay. So, is it adjacently related to Riverdale because it's a CW show that is called Heart of Dixie. It stars i have
1: not Richard watched Heart. It's one of the few I haven't seen. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I have um, not watched it.
3: It's about a small town in Alabama called Bluebell, which is sort of close to Mobile based on their geography. And for those of you who don't know I am from the coast of Mississippi, um, so I actually grew up really close to Mobile and New Orleans. And I, I mean, this show is really bad. I am not convinced (laughs) that, like, the writers of this show visited, much less understand anything about the South. Um, There's a lot of, like, things that, like, you will just, like, raise your eyebrow at, um, like the black mayor living in a plantation house. Um, and there's of course like no like commentary about the gross history of the South, whatever. It's just like a utopic small town. So what I'm trying to say is, is that this is terrible, uh, both in certain types of politics and also like in the ridiculousness of the storylines, like imagine stars hollow from Gilmore girls, uh, but like dial up the cartoon level, but because (laughs) I'm from the South, and I am from a small town on the coast of Mississippi. I love watching how oh, it's not that, and just like so the not, idea of what people think. Is, is it a comfort
1: of. thing, or it, it's not a comfort show because it doesn't seem real? But it's like a, it's, it's, it's like it's a. Oh it's God, comfort- is that what they think of us? Kind of.
3: It's it's not even that. Like because like you can watch shows where like southern like Southerners are portrayed like super negatively and be like oh, all these stereotypes, this, this real bad, but it's more like, uh, I lived there for 18 to 22 years, depending on how you want to count that. And just like, it it causes me to laugh. Like I never watch an episode and don't laugh, um, at its silliness. Um, and it just, it brings a smile to my face in its comedy, which that like, it is a comedy. So like some things, can perhaps be funny but also some things are just unintentionally hilarious to me and i don't understand how this show became a thing and it's like 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 rachel bolton's character's from like new york so she's like a fish out of water and it's just you know um you know yeah it's it's like it's like written by someone who like Mm -hmm. was raised on the upper east side of manhattan and just like
1: (laughs) yeah we've never been to the south but we hope to go one day (laughs) there's a there's a my, there's my a friend. restaurant in Pittsburgh yeah. that there's a we have a we have a uh, set of restaurants in Pittsburgh um, that if you're from Pittsburgh or you've lived here for any amount of time you've been to a place called Mad Mex, um, Mad Mex, not Max M E X, because it is a it is a and I'm making scare quotes that you I think, hope you can see it is a Mexican restaurant um, and on the menu it's a,
2: it is like less Mexican food than like most Tex Mex. Yeah. Just for people yeah. Who, yeah. I mean, the actual Mexican. Well, if you
1: actually read the menu for Mad Mex, it says on the cover, it says El Spilo. Uh, <laughs> and it talks about how, you know, we've, you know, when we started this restaurant, we, we just, we just had a love of Mexican food. Now we've never been to Mexico. <laughs> but we hope if we ever get to go that their food is as good as ours. <laughs> like, and it, it, okay, it, it, it's completely like um, they have you know they serve margaritas in adult and child sizes. It is, it is <laughs> a.
0: <laughs>
4: Every fall, they serve the gobblerito for Thanksgiving, which is a burrito with turkey and dressing mm-hmm. and and gravy on it.
1: Right? That, just that's just
4: Mexican food.
1: Yeah, it's Mexican in that and, it's a burrito
4: ish. So. People here love the shit out of the gobblerito.
1: <laughs> yes, it's great.
4: was I was so used grew up
2: in a like town that was like half Hispanic. I I, I would I remember going to this place and I was like. I don't know what planet I'm on. It kind of concerns me. It makes me uncomfortable. But well, I also kind of don't hate it. I just have to like, I have to like separate it in my mind from anything that I know is Mexican food. Yeah, no, no, then it's, no, like, no. it's like, like yeah, it's, 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 it's like, well, like TJ Fridays. This is, is this, <laughs> this is its own, this is its own weird Pittsburgh Anomaly 20, of someone who has heard through,
4: like, telephone what Mexican food is. <laughs> 20, 25 years ago there were really no Mexican options in Pittsburgh, so they would do the best of the the city paper list, and every year Mad Mex would be in the top three Mexican food <laughs> <laughs> restaurants, along yeah, with there were and three. I'm not kidding, Chi Cheese and Taco Bell.
0: Those
4: are the top three every year. Um well
1: anyway, so I, so my theory is that this is this is the equivalent of Hannah's um, part of Dixie. I mean,
3: yeah, like 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 I think that basically it's someone who really likes the aesthetics of Southern Living, which I've talked about all the problems of that, and actually I think are good things we hit episode when I talked about gone with the wind um but for for whatever reason like mm -hmm. this yeah real bad no also like I will say one more time, just maybe don't hold your weight on a plantation. Um, and then, like, if you're asking yourself why, just sit there and think about it for a second. And I think we'll be able to work it out. Um, but, like, I don't know why this show humors me instead of make, making me, like, grow things. But it does also because they, I think they seem to think, like, it looks like Bluebell is, I think, like, further out to the west. No, the east than mobile and they somehow seem to think that you can drive like from like past mobile to new orleans super fast and i realize it's kind of like game of thrones where like they stopped pretending like travel mattered because they just wanted to tell the story <laughs> but like but like that's not like it's not like a thirty minute trip from Mobile to New Orleans. I mean, it's not like a billion hours, but it's still like, yeah, it's a feeling your speed limit, feeling your speed limit. Like, come on. Anyway,
2: and doing that in Game of Thrones seems somewhat more credible than doing it in a place that actually exists and that people actually live.
4: I, mean, I, think, I don't know. I, I think in Game of Thrones they just didn't want to have hobbits walking through the swamp for four hundred pages. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, why
3: don't you want that though? We need some gritty realism of hobbit of
2: hobbitness. No. I mean,
3: I'm- look which okay (laughs) oh
2: here's the thing though i mean this is different subject but since we're talking about hobbits i actually would put lord of the rings the books kind of in this category Uh oh like things that i love but that are not great because okay here's the thing i like was the i was a nerd that was in the lord of the rings before the movies came out because i was that nerdy as a child and continued to be so i had like Mm -hmm. the collector's edition everything blah 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 I love those novels, but like reading them again as an adult, they are not great novels.
1: No, they're not. And that's the first thing. Uh, it's interesting because this is the first thing that I think is on both this and our good things um, list. Because the good things we hate, Lord of the Rings, was the books was the one that I picked because I was like, um, for the exact re- same reason though, because I was like, I I understand no, I mean, why people enjoy like, this, but this is these are not. Good. Right. <laughs> they're yeah. really, I really I, and it's written. I, and I think
2: I kind of said a similar thing on that episode as well. Is it's like they're not like I mean, so Tolkien was like I believe a linguist. Linguist. So they're written. They're novels that are written like an academic book. Yeah. Which are not pleasant. You have to like you. Ha- it's like it's like another one of those things where you have to kind of separate kind of like Rocky Horror, but in a very different way. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's like in my mind, I have to separate what makes a good and enjoyable novel from what is good, and inform about the Lord of the Rings, because it's a different Venn diagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, if you just want a well-written novel with, like, extensive world-building, like, I would pick up a Terry Pratchett novel before I pick up Tolkien, but, like, Tolkien is kind of, like, its own
3: cultural phenom at this
4: point. Mm-hmm. Well, so it, I, it's just a say- template for... For everything that came after,
3: yeah, for good or well, I do have to say that that like The Hobbit is actually a fun read. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely
4: because it actually,
2: it
3: is. Well, it actually mm. has like which the movie is terrible. And no, I don't love the movie, and in fact have gotten into arguments with people outside the movie theater for how bad the movie is um, and how it not enjoyable it is. But the, the, I still
2: refuse to see the Hobbit movie. I, saw the I don't watch the first one my childhood.
3: I saw the first one at midnight and it was super disappointing and I was with a bunch of guys and we all walked out of the theater and they're like, so Hannah, what'd you think? I was like, actually, I thought it was shit. And they started yelling at me at 3am in a parking lot. And Josh, the only one who didn't yell at me, by the way, shuffled me off and said, all right, it's time for us to go home and just like, it <laughs> distracted me. Um, to be to be fair to some of those guys, um, they have since apologized for that and <laughs> they just feel yeah. really cautiously That is like the
2: knee-jerk response we have to like protecting the things that are near and dear to us. Like I know I've gotten into arguments with a lot of people about like Disney movies because and not about Disney movies specifically but like Walt Disney as a person.
0: Right, right. I mean we
2: talk about all the time and like it's important to separate like author and text because you can enjoy the hell out of the movies and also acknowledge that Walt Disney was maybe not Mm -hmm. the best person on the planet. Mm -hmm. Also the
3: Disney company is still not the best company on the planet and in fact Mm -hmm great. Not great.
2: One of the worst. Um, which yeah,
3: <laughs> which actually speaking of protecting the things that we love. Um I I want to say that one I don't think that this is a bad movie uh but the fans certainly do and I have watched it Way more time since we've talked about it on the Star Wars episode, By I stand by Rise of Skywalker is perfectly fine, and I feel very bad for the cast and crew uh, who, like, it's clearly like really loved and cared about making this, and people are being really mean to them. So maybe don't be mean to people. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, like, I, I agree with that. Like, it's not a perfect movie because no movie is, but like, yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's perfectly fine. I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't to, yeah, I don't want to go too far. We we talked about that one at length on. Yeah, on, yeah. on yeah. Um, yeah, which
3: like yeah, that that was all I had to say. Uh.
1: Yeah, I have um, so I, I'll do a TV show um, that I that I love, and you know, it's not Riverdale because it's already been mentioned, and, and that's a good show. Um, but but mm-hmm. also. Um, And and believe it or not, it's not, you know, our previous, when we started the show, my ongoing joke was originally going to be, you know, that Manimal was the best show ever. And I do, (laughs) I do enjoy Manimal, but, but it's, it's weird in that, like, I, I'm almost ironically enjoying Manimal and therefore it, it didn't really fit the theme of, of my, of my list. Cause I was like, well, I, I mean, I like. Manimal okay. is almost a drinking game to watch. Like, I, it's it's awful. It's awful, I have, and I can't I have, recommend it. You know.
2: I have a question. Yes. Because I okay, I realize I come from the northwest land of hipsterdom and liking things ironically, supposedly, blah blah blah. I really still don't understand what what it actually means to enjoy something ironically, because it's like to me, it's like that's always a phrase that people use um. to like. In, Enjoy their guilty pleasures without admitting to it. I think
1: it, well, and I, and I think it means different things to different people. But when I mean, I guess maybe *Manimal* is on my list because I, because I. But it's not. I don't know. When I'm watching *Manimal*, it's that I understand that I'm watching something bad, and I am enjoying the pain of watching it, not the thing. Like, like it's just like when I'm watching okay. *Manimal*. If I'm watching *Manimal*, I'm like, I'm like, this is horrible.
4: This is real, real bad. But the and each value brings oh. you some enjoyment. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's, it's like. It like, actually ties into the nostalgia, though. Like abysmal, and and that's and that's and. But
2: the thing is, like, are you enjoying the
1: badness of it? I'm enjoying the experience of you know drinking and making fun of it while like, you know it's a, it's like a it's like being on on MST3K for real, right? Like it's a, like like I, I I guess I am enjoying the badness of yeah. it because it's.
2: I guess to me that's not that's not what I think of when I think of like the the ironic enjoyment thing because it's like to me it's like what I think of like. Hipsters doing the hipster thing of like the ironic enjoyment—it's that, but there's an additional like judgment of like the highbrow. Like it's very much about like maintaining okay. boundaries between
1: highbrow and lowbrow culture. Well, then let's talk about my real one because 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 where I think that I actually do that, and this is me disagreeing with people. Cop rock, I love cop rock, and I will totally watch cop rock, completely understanding why everybody else hates it. And I think you know the rest of the world—you're wrong. Cop rock is awesome. <laughs> you know <laughs> like, you guys are and i and i I don't under, you know I, I i maintain that cop rock happened at exactly the wrong cultural moment, and if he'd just waited like six years it would have you know it would have had a twenty year run because cop rock for you know for those who don't know it, it's a cop, it's a police procedural, and it's a musical you know like everything you know, they break into song randomly all the time, and I think that in and when it first came out everybody's like this is horrible, this is awful, this is the worst thing ever um but then, like a decade later, Law and Order is on the air and continues to be on the air twenty something years later. Like Law and Order, biggest show of all time. Police procedural came back, right? And then you also have things like Glee and Crazy Ex Girlfriend and Zoe's Infinite Playlist that just started. Like, like musical shows are just the thing now. But like everybody thought it was ridiculous back then. But it's it's Glee meets Law and Order. That's the show. And yes, if you watch it now, the music's kind of dated because it seems it seems like, you know, how the 80s didn't really end until like 1993. <laughs> you know, it,
2: I mean, I was three years old in 1993, it, so I can't really. Know it, it, it. Yeah, it
1: did, though. But like, the, mu- <laughs> the music, the music seems a little 80s ish, you know, for. But like, it's, it's weird because it's not a comedy. It's a very serious show, which is tackling serious issues like police brutality and, you know, racism. And you know, it, it like, it really tries to like be this, you know, this deep, you know, we're going to, we're going to look at, you know, we're, like, there's part, we're going to look at racial profiling and we're going to answer, we're going to talk about the question of this is a bad cop. But also a good cop, right, because he's a complex guy, and you know maybe he's you know he's doing things for the right reason, but he's breaking cop roles and 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 it's trying to make a nuanced um discussion about this, and then he breaks into song and it's like sort of sings about it, <laughs> and, and there's like a whole you know there's things like you know you know how law and order s v u will tackle like you know they'll have something they'll have like something like let's look at these secret underground. World of you know of child trafficking of you know the the, the black market baby the, the, the um baby trade you know as a thing yeah that happens in the first episode of Cop Rock and I think and I think or first or second first or second episode of Cop Rock and they talk about you know they have this very deep you know very methodical you know this couple can't conceive and the adopt and they just really want a child and the adoption list is like you know. Uh, you know years long and they want and then there's also a woman who's like a drug addict and wildly expensive. yeah and there's a woman who's a who's a who's like a they also uh, cover who's like a homeless drug addict and she just wants the best for her little baby and they look at both sides of why these you know why this couple and this homeless woman basically go to this you know black market illegal adoption ring and it's sad and tragic and then like and you're like oh wow okay i understand why a woman would want to sell her you know it's not she's not just trying to get a drug fix she really loves her child and she knows she can't you know she can't provide for it so that's why she's giving up her kid right and then you go and i understand why these people really want a baby even though they can't have one and i feel sad for them and then you feel sad for it and you're like thinking about this deep moment and then all of a sudden the um the the guy who they go to is like i'm the Baby broker, Tatsaras. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> you know? like he, just, he just starts singing. It's like so ridiculous. And it like, and it, and it oddly, it just yanks you from this deep thought you're having of the, it like same thing. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll have a trial and then the jury just sort of all of a sudden turns into a, you know, a gospel choir. He's guilty. Judge, is guilty. You can see it in his eyes. He's guilty. You know, he's guilty. And I was like, what? it's so crazy and insane and absurd but i love it and 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 like please go on youtube and watch all of cop rock and it's gonna be painful for an hour but like about two or three hours into it it's just gonna hit you and you're gonna like i get it i understand (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's good for
2: that sounds like the stockholm syndrome of television yeah
1: but i but i i I honestly do love it i i I endorse it yes okay
3: do we do we have any more television shows? Uh, I have a I have a movie television
2: genre kind of okay. Um. So, and I know I'm not the only person. I feel like this is a well loved uh kind of like category among people who do it. I love hokey, all like sci-fi special effects centered movies, television, etc. Like, I mean, I was I keep joking. I was going to bring up all the old Godzilla movies in this, which, like, I mean, I hesitate to say are bad in the sense that. Because I mean, people love them, but you love them for reasons that are not, like, they're great movies. Because I love that you can see all the strings. I love that you can see, like, all mm. of... You know that the town that Godzilla is destroying is, like, a bottle. It's the size of, like, your average textbook. Like, I, I don't know. I find I find that weird, especially, like, the overacting that often happens in those movies. is just, like, delightful and endearing, and I, I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, part of that is maybe because I grew up on uh, Mystery Science Theater, but... Like, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Godzilla's great. Which is why we'll always pick a Godzilla movie whenever we do box office <laughs> on, like, competitions because Godzilla should be loved by all. <laughs> just, just
4: last week, Marcel and I completely accidentally stumbled across a, a movie called the mighty Peking man. That was Mm. a Chinese version of King Kong. And, and it was one, and we just, we couldn't look away from it. I mean, in general, I, I have a, like you, I have a fondness for seeing that Godzilla stuff as a kid, but it's not something I actively seek out or whatever. This was that whole train wreck, bad special effects but kind of amazing. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it's it. And good boys are my current favorite movies. Uh, just, um, the, the sets that were built, the things that the guy in the really bad ape suit was knocking down. The sets were immaculate. Somebody spent a tremendous amount of time and money building these wonderful sets. Uh, he's chained up to trucks at one point, and they are so obviously toy trucks, Tonka trucks. <laughs> and then you get a close up on an actual truck wheel spinning as it's trying to pull him. And then you pull back, and it's this guy in an ape suit, you know, chained <laughs> ch- chained to toy trucks. Um, they in the the climactic scene where, get this, he's on top of a building with a beautiful blonde girl in a Ooh. Chinese movie. What a um, unique idea like the 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 helicopters are firing at him and they set him on fire and the person like the ape suit no special effects the guy in the ape suit the ape suits on fire it's like <laughs> holy shit <laughs> so yes i i encourage you look up the mighty peking man
3: <laughs> wow well, awesome. I have I have a uh, made-for-television film as well, though not the same genre. Okay. Uh, so, a long time ago, whenever I was taking French classes in high school, we would have days where our teacher would be out and we'd have a substitute. And during that time, we would either watch a Pixar movie in French with English subtitles, or... We would watch the 1982 made-for-television film, The Scarlet Pimpernel, which um, <laughs> is based on a series of novels, um, mm-hmm. which actually, like, like you could look at him as, like, an early superhero, and I think there are books yeah. that, like, literally yes. do.
4: Yeah, v- yes. very influential on, on the superhero genre, absolutely. And
3: *The and, mm-hmm. um, Scarlet Pimpernel, if you do not know, is a masked hero who's English, who cannot take the fact that poor French aristocrats are at the mercy of the French revolutionaries and he saves them from the guillotine through disguise and intrigue and sneaks them out uh, to the safety of England. Um, so this amazing movie, which I love so much, I got my parents to buy me on DVD and wow. I'm, and I'm serious about that. About once every, every year after I finally convinced him to watch it, I make Josh watch it when I've had a particularly bad day. Um. This this amazing movie stars Jane Seymour as the female heroine, Anthony Andrews as the Scarlet Pimpernel, and my favorite, a young Ian McKellen as the really? as the wow, French wow. villain, as the French villain, and he's just so painfully British in his Frenchness. <laughs> and, I need to see this, and I have never like I I truly have to say I I don't think I've ever loved anything quite like I love I love this. Um, like it's just. Everybody's so British even though they're French. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I, I I need to, I need to see this. A, this is I mean
3: A Young Julian I'm Fellows. The character, but I've not seen the film. Yeah, A Young Julian Fellows plays the Prince of Wales. <laughs> and he's so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> and I just love it so much. Like Josh Josh originally went to watch it with me cuz he was like this sounds extremely bad. I'm like, OK, like it's a made for TV movie, but it's amazing <laughs> and enjoyable. And now anytime I'm like, I want to watch this movie. He's like, yeah, OK, because it's fun. If you, if you awesome. love superheroes and swashbuckling action, it's for you. If you want a like period romance, it's also for you. Like if you, if you just want to see young Ian McKellen play the a strangest role, the strangest role of his career, it is definitely for you. I love it so much. That's
1: awesome! Yeah, I'll be watching this one. Um, <laughs> pick one of my I, I, most of mine are movies, so I'm good. I'll pick one that like people obviously just know is bad. And this this one is one, and we don't have to talk about it too much because I think a lot of people are on this are in this boat. Um, Showgirls, starring Elizabeth Berkley from Saved by the Bell, um, and it is it is one of my favorite bad movies because. Everyone in the film knows that they're in a really bad movie, except for Elizabeth Berkeley from Saved by the Bell, who thinks this (laughs) is going to be her big break to not be a child star anymore. And she works so hard. She acts her ass off in this horrible script, trying her best. And she's like, like to be this serious actress. And the plot is abysmally horrible. Um, it, like, I'm, I'm convinced that it was like, it was this brilliant, um, you know, sort of, like artistic psychological experiment that they were doing where they just didn't tell her like, like, like I think everybody, I think everybody else is in on it. And, um, who's in it? Kyle McLaughlin's in it. And, um, Gina Gershon is like the sort of the secondary female lead. And she's great in it. Cause she, you can, you can sort of tell that she knows she's almost winking at the camera the entire time. And it's just like a, it's just like a, Oh, this is, this is bad, but endearing in this way of uh, like, she just take you know, uh, Berkeley just takes it so seriously. And it's just, it's such a weird, so weird of a movie that like, it's not good in any way. Like, like everything about it is that there's like nothing redeeming. It's just a. It's it's more of a. Why did no one say no to any of these decisions?
0: <laughs> like,
1: like, like, like I watch it, it's like it's like well, like at some point someone paid for this, <laughs> and, and and why did the, and you know as as they're having pool sex or as they're you know like having this this fight scene that like suddenly is oh yeah and if you've never seen showgirls in addition to being a showgirl. Um, and an uber sexy, she has action hero, superhero fighting ability that just comes up every once in a while. And, and like, there's a fight scene here. Why have we done this? This seems like a bad idea. And then there's a rape scene here. Clearly someone said, this makes no sense. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like the room the movie the room which is not on my list but i think could have been like why did we allow this movie to happen and that's that's why i love showgirls it's just like a ah this is still going huh nope i just yeah, i don't go. know what to say have you seen it yeah no <laughs> it's it's not good i mean like again i'm trying to i was trying to like really take this seriously and go there's okay definitely not a good movie but like but i've watched it several times oh if you really really want really want the full showgirls experience at some Mm -hmm. point in the late 90s early 2 i don't remember exactly when it is i think it was early 2000s actually uh vh1 the the network got the rights to play showgirls they got got like this not the streaming rights, the broadcast rights to it but vh1 Mm -hmm. obviously you know it's not hbo it's not showtime They have, they don't like showing actual nudity on, um, on their network, even though they're not broadcast, they could, but they, you know, their, their standards and practices don't allow, uh, don't allow nudity. Obviously showgirls has lots of nudity. That's sort of the point. So what they've done is they have, I'm going to very generously call it CGI. Um, they have CGI'd on bras and panties into every nude scene. And by CGI'd on, I mean, um, their method of CGIing was someone went onto the film reel with like a crayon and very crudely drew
0: <laughs>
1: like, I mean, it's cartoonish. It's really bad. Like where there's like whenever a naked woman is in front of you, she has a cartoonishly drawn bra, black bra, just sort of floating in the frame, you know, in front of her boobs. Wow. And if you buy the DVD version, the modern versions of the DVD um, have both the original and the VH1 cut so you can watch the you can watch it with these cartoonishly bad drawn <laughs> floating bras that only makes the film better because you're not really watching showgirls as a sexual experience it's like it's not porn right like that's not the point the absurdity of showgirls is the point point. and somehow their defacing of the film by drawing cartoon bras over all the nudity it's just it only increases the appeal so <laughs> so if you can cut you know catch the broad panty cut of showgirls absolutely worth it yes i have the VD. I have no shame.
3: (laughs) I I guess like these movies are in the same category of, I I think that your enjoyment of them will perhaps be an embracing their insane premises. Mm -hmm. Hurricane Heist. Which, again, again, from, like, (laughs) the South, like, watching and also, like, understanding basic science. Um, Like, there's a point where they're, like, having, like, a storm, like, a a truck chase on the coast, but, like, there's mountains, um, which, no. Um, So, like, Hurricane Heist, and also, like, (laughs) Serenity, the greatest movie ever made with Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey, which I've heard a lot about. But I'll just say everybody in that movie is acting as if they're in a different genre. Like Anne Hathaway thinks she's in like a noir. Matthew McConaughey thinks that he's like in like a character piece about a man trying to piece his life back together. Amazing. Everybody should watch it.
1: I've not made it all the way through Hurricane Heist. I, I, I'm going to at some point. I mean, right now I'm, I'm on quarantine. I, 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 what better do I have to do with my life? I should try again. (laughs)
3: It's like, it's been like family tradition over the holidays since it came out to, like, sit with my dad and my the rest of my family and just make fun of it. <laughs> Which we might not be able to do this year.
1: It, that's another one. It's like Showgirls, where, where from what I've seen of it, I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a podcast out there called How Did This Get Made? And Hurricane Heist is one of those movies mm-hmm. where I really and truly feel that way. Where, like, where at, like I, it, there are scenes in Hurricane Heist where I'm just, like, Clearly the director was on a lot of drugs. Okay, so fine. But why did no one else stop this? Why did just no one have the decency to just yell cut here? And before the speech explaining how they are, like the plan makes no sense. They're planning for a heist during a hurricane. You can't plan for a hurricane. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> like hurricanes, rain and flooding and stuff. And then like, there's a cutaway, and then like suddenly, like they're instantly dry. Right. <laughs> <It's>, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: like no one cared to, to even try here, but they didn't stop. They just they just kept going making <laughs> that film. So that- it was like
3: Jurassic Park, really. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Um, I actually want to talk about just just a genre of films in general that I love, which are weird, and it's um like. It, it's, it, it's almost a corollary with, with showgirls and, and hurricane heist. Um, I love, I, I gave, I gave examples, um, on my list because I, because I don't know what to say, but I, I love the, the B movie. Um, I, my, my best examples are things that would be back in the day. They used to come on Cinemax because they were like the sexy movies, but they're not really porn. They're more like, they're trying to make artsy films, but, or, or, or good, either comedies or dramas, but they don't have money, so they just replace anything that might make you think with boobs. And, um, (laughs) like the, the ones I can think of is, um, the movie Poison Ivy, particularly Poison Ivy 1 and Poison Ivy, the Poison Ivy has had four films, Poison Ivy 1, 2, 3, and 4. Each one with a struggling starlet who's trying to make a career. And three of the four times it worked. Um, the first one stars Drew Barrymore, um, who's like trying to shake her child actress um, image. And her she had a long string of like drug problems and stuff. And um, it's Drew Barrymore starring opposite Tom Sizemore. And it's a very creepy, uh, very good art film that's actually not all that sexy. Um, then they turned the sexiness up for the second one starring Alyssa Milano. And then they turned it up even higher for the third one. Starring Jamie Presley, um, who, if you don't know Jamie Presley from, she's probably the least famous of those three uh, from uh, My Name is Earl. And then the fourth one is not good. Um, <laughs> it's awful. And, and in that they're all bad, but like but it's these direct to video, direct DVD movies where they're trying and the other place you see them is um, is like USA up all night, which is a TV show that like probably neither Hannah nor Katia remember. <laughs> but it was it, it was a it was a USA would take these B movies and softcore porn flicks and run them. At like midnight, but they were USA, so much like VH1. Rather than editing out the boobs, they just, like or like cartooning over them. They just cut any. They cut away at any point when there'd be nudity, and they're only like ninety-minute films, and like you know a good thirty or forty of it is, is nudity. So you're left with like an hour, and then they've got to fill a two-hour time block. So they just have um the the uh, the show's hosted by either Gilbert Gottfried or Rhonda Shear and <laughs> it, for our listeners who know who Gilbert Gottfried is but don't know who Rhonda Shear is I'm not sure which one of them has the more annoying voice
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's hard to understand if you've not heard if you've not heard Rhonda Shear go Hi, I'm Rhonda Shearing. Welcome to
0: Stop All Day. <laughs>
1: Stop that. <laughs> it, it, it was an insane show, but it's just like the um, a lot of a lot of the films on that, like in their rotation, would have the same plot of, you know, something is going to be closed, either the drive-in or the diner or whatever, and what we will do is we will save it with our boobs, which is to say, the diner's going to be closed. I know, we'll have a bikini car wash. Um, the drive-in is going to be closed. I know. We'll have a bikini car wash. <laughs> that is the theme to so many of these films.
4: <laughs> Wayne the seen some, clearly.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> I think I saw the one called Bikini Car bikini Wash. Bikini Car Wash. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of these films. So, so, yeah, just the
1: the late night, you know, we're trying to make a movie, but we have no budget. But we've got a girl who's willing to wear a bikini, so... How can we write a movie around that? <laughs> it's so much of a theme for me um non
4: movies anybody got Hannah you probably I, have t v shows oh good wayne no i I was gonna talk about music a little bit, and I guess even okay. there in a, a broader context, like I'm gonna mention you know two or three artists that i, I like, but that you know recognizing how much of this is subjective, but you know, voices i i I like Lou Reed mm-hmm. um. I'm a Lou Reed fan. It's hard to be a Lou Reed fan because he has some really crap albums. But, you know, objectively <laughs> speaking, yeah, objectively speaking, he, he does not have a great voice. But there's that element of of influence and what he meant, the music industry, his songwriting, all the way that all that stuff comes together. And just it's funny, I mentioned him when we were talking earlier this week is one of the things I wanted to bring up on this episode. And while we've been recording on another Facebook thread, uh, someone I don't know, but on a a thread about different stuff. Hey, I'm I'm trying to get into Lou Reed. What do you recommend? So I've been recommending stuff Mm -hmm. and and not recommending stuff (laughs) as we've been talking for the last hour. Um, but just that broader category of people who are incredibly successful and popular who don't necessarily have the greatest voices. You know, Neil Young, Bob Dylan. There, there's Bob Dylan. lots of these yeah. people. And it it took me a long time to appreciate both of those, Neil Young and Bob Dylan. I'm I'm young enough that I really kind of missed their heyday of their their popularity. By the time I really started hearing Bob Dylan on the radio, I had heard more people doing parodies of Bob Dylan than I had Bob Dylan. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And and, and that that completely colored the way I heard his voice. It took me a long time to go back and be able to appreciate him as a songwriter and a performer and a and a singer. Like, there's a lot of Bob Dylan I really love now, but objectively speaking, not great, but you know. Oh yeah, for people who don't know,
1: um, I know it sounded like I just played an audio clip of my very perfect Bob Dylan impression there, but but no, that was just me um, because he cannot sing.
4: Um, I I also a fan. I think Bob Dylan's an yeah. amazing songwriter.
0: Yes, and,
4: <laughs> and, and 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 there are you know other categories, The Ramones, not a one of them is a really great mu- musician, but. You know, people love them, uh, and and this isn't me saying you shouldn't love them. This is it's that whole thing of quality versus what moves you, I guess. Um, yeah, there there's a lot of stuff that I really dearly love in terms of music that, objectively speaking, not not the best. Um, and you know, and the other side of that, there's a lot of really incredibly gifted musicians. I, in general, I'm not a fan of a lot of the the prog rock stuff, and I fully recognize that anybody in any prog rock band is a better musician than most of the stuff I really love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it,
4: but it doesn't speak to me, um, and so yeah, I, I, I don't know what point I'm trying to make there. Just, well, I love a lot of stuff that really, technically speak, probably isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, there's that. That's my okay. music bit.
3: <laughs> you mean, you mean we don't want to talk about Rebecca Black's Friday?
4: Nah, don't oh love God. it.
3: Don't love it. Don't. yeah. <laughs> I've <it>. Do you? <laughs> it's annoying. Everything about it annoys me. No, but I was, I was hoping that like, maybe someone did love it a little bit. I don't know why. Listen, as you, I don't, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> that was one, I, that was one no. I never really got. Cause, cause like, so there are some. Cause, there so are, many people did love it. Yeah. And, and there, and, and it might just be my taste. Like there are some people where, where like, I get why I, I, I don't understand anybody who actually thinks that Dylan or Reed is a good singer. Cause they're not and i'm pretty sure like i know for a fact that bob dylan will tell you that he
4: is not a good singer i've heard him say it right like yes.
1: <laughs> like you know so so that's fine and,
4: and but they i uh, i think they make they both make use of their voice in an artistic way in, in you know, a very interesting their, their, their artistic their way a very right. evocative right right well
2: it's like they're they're good musician being a good musician yes and being like an, having an excellent voice are not necessarily the same thing
1: yeah. brilliant performers right and yeah. and right. i and I don't like Rebecca Black's not there, obviously, right? And I'm about to talk about some people that are sort of the opposite side of that, that I, that I like because I like, I, there are some people that there was a time in the, you know, my formative music years, the, you know, the late eighties when, you know, when I'm, when I'm a teenager in high school, um, mid to late eighties. Um, uh, We're in the late eighties, early nineties where I'm in, in, a teenager and I'm in high school and I'm getting into like music. You know, we've talked before about, you know, the music that you love is basically from, from your teenage years. So there are a bunch of really bad hip hop singers that I was sort of into because they were sort of comically bad. And my problem with Rebecca Black is that she doesn't meet either camp. Like it's not like she's talented in some way that's not that's not her voice cuz i'm not a great singer you know other than my brilliant bob Dylan impression um <laughs> and uh, and she's not there she's just she's like she's not awful like she's not awful like william hung where it's like that guy's horrible she's just like a not good singer and i never understood why why rebecca black happened but I was a fan of, like, Bismarck. Well,
2: it happened specifically because she was bad. Like but she wasn't... The whole, she became a... Vi- yeah, but she wasn't but horrible. It was basically that... Yeah, but it was basically... I think, like, the constellation of she was not a great singer, plus the music video was fucking ridiculous, plus, yes. like, extra, extra, extra. She went viral as basically, like, a, a the music video equivalent is of a meme. Like, I remember we basically... Yeah. My friends and I... We're watching it basically go viral because one of my friends discovered it before, like, right as it was going up, like, the, you know, the curve, basically. but it just, it- And we basically, it, it's just like one of those weird anomalies of the Internet. But, like, I don't think, I mean, there are people who I think, like, I, I hesitate. I don't know, I don't even know if enjoy is the right word, but, like, like the song as it's sort of weird meme quality of yeah. music. I don't know if i know of anyone who like enjoys that like they're walking around listening
1: to friday and everybody laughs. And, that, and that's why i never understood it because it's not like like she's she, I mean, she's not good but she's as good as anybody else who sings karaoke in a bar that i might go to back when you know back in the before time when there were still bars for us to go to um, but like she, right. she was just like she seemed like <laughs> she seemed like a girl singing karaoke at a bar to where, you know, she's probably better than half the people there and worse than half the people there. And I, okay. And not
2: particularly like remarkable. Right. Yeah, in either direction. Right. And,
1: and that was my problem with her. As opposed to, now, see, I was a fan of, um, and I pro- I guess was, I still am. I think the work of Biz Marquis is brilliant. Um, if you've ever heard uh, Baby You Got What I Need by Biz Marquis, one of the worst singing voices of all time makes (laughs) makes Dylan sound great. Right. Love that song because it's not, you know, but like there, I'm just enjoying the badness in biz knew that he was a bad singer. He was a good rapper. He was a bad singer. So he worked his badness into the character of the song. Um, you know, it's the, (laughs) and, and like that, I kind of enjoyed because it was just fun. And in that same realm, there was, um, there were a bunch of, um, of, you know, at this, at this time, there's a guy named Jazz who sang a song called Hawaiian Sophie. Um, it is notable for one and one thing only. Jazz's partner, like, you know, his hype man, the, um, the, um, you know, just the guy whose job it was to stand there and say, yeah, you know, that, that guy in the rap video. <laughs> um, he was a very, very, very young Jay-Z, <laughs> which is just obviously Jazz went away and Jay-Z became huge, but like, you know, he's got a song called, you know, it's called Hawaiian Sophie, which is brilliant and, and, and not good. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Cash Money and Marvelous was a group that I liked back then. And these are all forgetting, forgotten people who would have been two seconds on the internet in the internet age. They just, you know, uh, rap and Duke. Does anybody remember rap and Duke?
4: da ha, Remember that? <laughs> yeah. But, okay. I would never yeah. thought of that again, but yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it, exactly. And, and so those always, those always stuck out. But like they're humorously bad, and I never found Rebecca Black even humorously bad. You know, it's just like just kind of frighteningly mediocre.
2: It was mostly. Int- I mean, I think she, I think she's like that video is mostly interesting. It's, it's like an artifact of like the internet being weird more than anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, a lot
2: of. I remember a lot of the like like, think pieces, if we want to call them that, about, like, that, or specifically about viral media. They weren't actually about Rebecca Black or the song, really. They were about, like, the same question we're asking is how, how did this go viral? And I mean, okay, I think in a weird way, like, this this segues into, like, one of my, like, other categories is, like, is YouTube. YouTube is, like, I, I, I actually really I spend more time watching YouTube than I do television at this point, mostly because it's it playing in the background and, like, YouTube, I think, I mean, and Rebecca, Black, I mean, the whole reason Rebecca Black's music video like was circulated and basically became what it was, was because of YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I think what counts as like good on YouTube is actually bad media in a lot of ways. Like, if you watch a lot of like, and, I, and it doesn't really matter if it's like the, the like, what genre <laughs> yes. it is, but it's like overacting. Like, we, there is a category of like media of like the YouTuber, basically. Which is like, overly dramatic overacting kind of like saying being kind of absurd and like <laughs> it's not good, but it's specifically like enjoyable because it's bad in a lot of ways. And while that's not the part of YouTube I enjoy particularly, I understand why people are into it because it's like, it's like people that enjoy cringe comedy. I think it overlaps heavily with that. And then also if you find people that are genuinely funny though, like I'll sit and lo- like watch people that are like talking about things I don't intrinsically care about. But they're freaking hilarious human beings. And I'm like, all right, I'll spend five minutes watching this. Um, But yeah, YouTube, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't actually understand why I enjoy YouTube as much as I do. Like, I was trying to figure it out before we started this episode. I'm like, I really don't have a reason Mm -hmm. other than just like, it entertains me to watch normal
3: people just like talk about things in a way that's like funny. And I don't know why that appeals to me. (laughs) So reality T V, have you seen Love Is Blind like, on Netflix?
0: Yes, I have. No. no. What, what, yeah. what is TV, it? Based off
3: of what you've told me about it. It's it's what has gotten me through writing my dissertation. Um it's it's like it was like right before quarantine, so I'm not sure like how it feels going in now. But you know, you, you the idea is can you fall in love with someone based on emotional intimacy without having ever seen them? So People go on speed dates that progress to get progressively get longer when they sit in pods and just talk to the person on the other side of the wall. And then people only can see each other once they propose. And then once you propose and see each other, you have a month to plan your wedding according to the like parameters of the show. And it's amazing. And like people become friends with each other like on the girls and guys side. And even like people would apparently go on friend dates to get advice from people in the pods while they were dating other people. So you see the like groups continue to interact with each other and a lot of it is like half genuine emotion or at least what resembles genuine emotion and the other half is garbage and I love it. Also, as we record this, Netflix just dropped a new series called Too Hot to Handle, which made me think of Katya for one reason and I will explain (laughs) when I get to the end and Katya through the middle of this explanation will probably be like, what the fuck, Anna? But it is a show that supposedly like that appears to be like Love Island. And mm-hmm. all these like yeah, hot yeah, I mean... singles show up on this island to hook up. Yeah, I know. But hold on. Then... This is the least likely show I will ever be trying. Yes, yes <laughs> I know. But hold on. Then suddenly there's a twist. A scary robot lady appears. Yes. And okay. is like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay. And is like, there are conditions. Scary robot lady who sews? No. <laughs> going to say, there's <laughs> a, conditions... or a science fiction thing that has to happen with this. Yeah. Then she's like, there are conditions to your stay on the island. And the conditions are, are they not allo- they're not allowed to kiss or have sex of any kind, or they lose some of their prize money and are penalized. And she, like this scary robot lady will appear and keep giving them instructions and directions. And I haven't seen the show yet, but my theory is, is this is not actually a romantic dating television event about building emotional intimacy. Rather, it's a dystopian sci-fi fantasy that's in line with the pulp fiction novels that. I'm, I'm, I'm here, here for too. Yes. I'm here yes. for it. it. Also, I propose a second plot twist.
2: What if it's both? What if you're also fall in love with the robot? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm having having, having <laughs> a, a
3: romance reality TV show and having a dystopian nightmare, honestly, to me, these sound like the same thing. Yeah, which is actually, they... like, yeah, Love is Blind can also be a little bit dystopian.
1: Yeah. No. As is The the Circle, which is the other one that's uh, that's in the... Netflix has actually been doing some interesting things with reality shows. um, Good, I don't know, but interesting.
4: (laughs) I'm going to throw one out. I don't watch reality television very much, if at all, all. but uh, this spring an entire seven episodes completely compelling to me was man versus bear. Oh, Uh, I didn't watch it. How was it? it, Was it good? It's kind of brilliant. It's I mean, every episode is exactly the same because it's the same challenges with just different people doing it. But it's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to have a tug of war against a giant fucking bear. Yeah, Yeah, I saw the the preview. You're going to run an obstacle course course against a bear. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I saw the preview, but I haven't I haven't about it. I need to watch this. You're gonna have a gross eating contest with a bear, and Schuler. Yes. The bear always, always wins. wins. Yes. 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 In, in Bearland, bears run Oh yeah, I, I need to. Was, I need to watch that one. It was thoroughly absurd, and part of my two of my favorite things on it. One of the people who did the best on the show was this little tiny hundred pound woman who was just Beautiful. awesome. She she did better than most of the other and, and unlikely because you know tug of war with a bear right. Uh, th- there were there were these big, huge the muscular, the other incredibly arrogant fucking guys, and just to see them get owned was kind of amazing. Hey, bring it on, bear! And, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh in In the first episode in the tug of war there there's a, a man who gets you 're on a platform and you get pulled into the water you know off of this tall platform and this guy gets pulled off in like you know two seconds and his scream is still <laughs> resounding through the black hills. It was just a thing of beauty. <laughs> So yeah, that's my recommendation for reality TV. No.
3: So what uh, we was, have decided is we should watch Man vs Bear.
4: I, I'm totally gonna watch it. What, <laughs> what that network is this on? I remember hard. the previews for this. I I don't remember what network it was on. Uh, I, yeah, I need to find this. I, yeah, yeah. I, I have an <laughs> old one. I, I have one, I
1: have one that you're not going to be able to find on broadcasting everywhere. But this is a this is a TV show.
3: I don't Man I don't know whether it's on Hulu. Oh, yeah. perfect. Okay, I, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah, that, that, that might be getting watched today for anybody. Else. Um, I, no, this is a, this is a TV show kind of, I, I guess it's a game show, um, that, um, it's, I mean, in that there were prizes for it. Um, but it's almost reality show and I, I don't even want to say the name of it yet. Um, I want to say, I want to ask has anybody, have any of you, are you familiar with the, with the television show, The Newlywed Game? Oh, yeah. The basic premise of The Newlywed Game. Yes. You guys yeah. have all seen it, right? Yeah, you, 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 no, you, but a I A man like and his wife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so there, okay. Now, are you familiar with, um, with the, let's call him a producer slash personality, Chuck Barris, creator of The Gong yes. Show. No, no. <laughs> um, Oh well, you're familiar with the Gong Show?
3: No, it's fine.
1: Okay, the Gong Show was okay. Yeah, the Gong Show was a was a was a contest show. Uh, it was oh, another game quote, show. Chuck produced a lot of yeah, produced a lot of of game shows on television. And at one point, he was producing some of the most popular ones. He owned the Dating Game and the Newlywed Gang a game and the Gong Show, which was a talent contest. And there was a big giant gong if somebody. It was basically um um America's got talent but or Britain's got talent or you know but like in the 70s so Chuck Barris had this idea for a television show in 1979 <laughs> called Three's a Crowd where essentially it was exactly like The Newlywed Game which he already owned but instead of couples it would be a couple would come on and there were or three couples would come on or four couples, I don't remember, but it was, but it, or triples rather. They were, yeah, cause they weren't couples. They were triples. It'd be a man and his wife and his secretary who he was clearly having an affair with. <laughs> and, and, the game was all the secretaries are playing against all the wives. So the man would ask a question. It's like, let's, and they never actually acknowledge the affairs. It's like, let's ask questions and see who knows a man better, his wife or his secretary. And. There's no way that this ends well, because right. I don't, I, like, like, even if you're not having an affair, it just, that was the insinuation of every episode and just everyone's miserable, the entire show. And it's just like, it, it is, it is a train wreck of, now remember this is seventies television. This show lasts from September 17th, 1979 to February 1st, 1980, because it's awful. there you can find them on youtube and it's just people going asking questions and some of them are just like you know how does you know how does bob you know like um you know how does bob like his sandwiches prepared something that you know a wife or a secretary might legitimately know in the 70s Others were like really, really personal. It's like you know when Bob gets dressed in the morning, and then obviously if, they're, if the secretary knows it, something bad happens. <laughs> and it's like, who allowed this to be on air?
0: It got ripped from
1: that from the air because like people were protesting it, and it's not good. It's just uncomfortable to watch. Um, so it didn't. And in Chuck Barris's biography, he says that um, the public black. Uh, uh, the, he 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 wrote himself the public backlash from 3 of the crowd not only caused the program to be canceled but it took three other tv shows of mine with it <laughs> 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 because, because it was so bad and so uncomfortable that they canceled his other shows they're like Yeah, we don't we don't want you anymore Um, (laughs) because he had the Newlywed Game, the Dating Game, and and the Gong Show on the air, and they all went away because the
4: show was was so uncomfortably bad. He He, just became like like he thrived on discomfort because the Gong Show had elements of that as well. Yeah, not to this level. So yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, (laughs) it was more impersonal discomfort. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
3: So so have we have we actually made any sort of Resolution? No, no, no. I, I, it, right?
4: I, I resolve. Lo, lo, yeah, love what you love.
1: Yeah, there's. I, mean, I
4: and I, I guess like for me,
1: it's just like I don't even know. I I wanted to do this episode because it seemed like an interesting idea, but I don't even know what bad means anymore because it means something different to all yep. of us. And it's and it's really just sort of a it's just like like I said, love what you love, and I don't know that you need to have a reason for loving something. Even like even like my worst things, like like you know, I didn't make it through Hurricane Heights, but I but I
4: can't complain at Hannah for 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 doing it. <laughs> <laughs> And, and whatever, like, brings, whatever brings you comfort in these trying times. Yeah. I,
1: and don't be a yeah. Well, I can't wait don't to watch Man
4: versus Bear. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I, I need this in my life. Every episode is exactly the same with different people. It's but it's I, I couldn't look away. I'm, I'm, I'm like legit
1: excited to just get off the the air and be like, okay. Gee, some a man, warning for some anybody bear. who has a weak
4: stomach: there is some puking <laughs> by the by the bear of the people, the people. Okay, fine. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the eating contest can be a little gro- the eating contest can be a little gross.
2: I don't know. Okay, I don't know if like this whole like making bears do do things. Poor bear.
4: No, the bears were obviously really enjoying
1: it.
2: Okay, Okay. do
1: you need to watch all of them, or can you just skip the uncomfortable ones and just like eat the one where you know,
4: man, bear, wrestle? You know, is there, <laughs>
1: is there- <laughs> I
4: mean, I want to they, see that happen. It's the same series of games in every episode. I mean, really, oh, so you every, watch every episode is exactly the same with different. Oh, okay. Um, so, you, you can watch one and kind of have the gist of all of it. But uh, it, it's kind of fun to go through it and, and see the just the arrogance getting really smacked off of people.
2: <laughs> well,
4: does anybody come in and like I could take him? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we have some of that. Yeah. The only thing we have resolved is that apparently you should watch
1: Man vs. Bear.
4: Man vs. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm kind I, of I, looking I, forward to Too Hot to Handle too I, I'm, ho- I'm hoping someone from Man vs. Bear hears this and becomes our sponsors We need sponsors
1: so you know, and we need support too <laughs> <laughs> so you know leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts that really helps the show and will get us more popular so that we can get that Man vs. Bear sponsorship uh,
4: <laughs> there you go alright we should bring this to a close yeah Katya where can people find you
2: as always on Instagram at just that nerd kid. and palindrome Hannah
3: you can follow me on Twitter at Hanley Rogers though like let's be honest my tweeting content has not been good lately uh, and,
1: you know, I mean you're gonna be live tweeting man versus bear later I assume. and
3: I make no promises <laughs>
4: <laughs> and Wayne, uh, I guess I'll throw my Instagram in there. I don't think I've done that. It's Tetrock T-E-T-R-O-C twenty seventeen, T E T R O C twenty seventeen. I've been posting a lot of photos recently, just when I managed to get out of the house and take a walk. So I'm playing with photography so. what, uh, you know, and doing fancy
1: Fridays. Of, yeah,
4: of and, yeah. Well, I only did evening. one of those, uh, but yeah, yeah.
1: dressed up for no, no apparent reason. reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wait,
2: that's my <laughs>
4: yeah. I've done that today.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Even in that's I better, that, that's, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Uh let's see. Well, you can follow me on Twitter, I guess, or at, at Chris Maverick. And you can follow my well, more my Twitter or Instagram, but my Instagram is boring. My Instagram is literally just repost of box podcast stuff almost <laughs> almost <laughs> primarily. Um like Wayne's Twitter used to be. Um you can follow my blog. <laughs> At www.chrismaverick.com. You can follow the show on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, all of the places, always at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we talk about whatever we're going to be talking about on the next show. We post calls for comments. We've got an interesting idea coming up soon. So, um, so go there. Read the blog, um, you know, give us your thoughts so that we can address them during the recordings of the episodes, and sometimes we'll even take people to be on the episodes with us. If you enjoy the show and we certainly hope you do, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. and do us a favor, leave us a five star review, especially on Apple Podcasts. that helps people find the show and especially. If you write something, don't just leave five stars, but leave five stars and write us a review because it makes us feel good. We have new reviews this week, which were exciting. Hannah saw them, right? People love the show. Makes us feel awesome and loved. And, you know, we have nothing to do. We're all trapped in, the, in our houses watching Man versus Bear. So you, know? so, so, you know, give us something. Let us have this. Um... I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank you at home well for listening. Stay safe, watch your hands, and we'll see you next time.
0: Bye. 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 Bye.
1: <laughs> Alpha, you battled Bart for 18 seconds. We love watching you compete, but here on Man vs. Bear, the bear won it's time to leave the mountains